Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super Disney Media Boat Podcast. Hey, everybody. We're coming to you live on YouTube right now. We are recording on October the 23rd, 2021. This is episode 302, second in this new era of live Media Boat Podcasts, back in the studio together. If you don't know what the Media Boat Podcast is, yes, studio. Uh, if you don't know what the Media Boat Podcast is, we are a podcast that talks about media, including movies, television, video games, and music, not necessarily in that order. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. I'm Mike. He's Matt. We are live on YouTube. Just search for our page, um, yes. Media Boat Podcast on YouTube. Hi. You'll find us. Um, like, subscribe, hit the notification bell for <laughs> we go live on um Saturdays now. Yeah, Saturday morning. So, uh, join so, us. Join now that we've done uh, shilling ourselves out for the interweb, we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, we have a lot to get through, so let's get right into it. Let's start, as we always do with movies, and we start with movies with the box office numbers. Number one, it's spooky time, and the box office knows it, because number one is Halloween Kills, with a $49.4 million debut. You could say that Halloween... Killed it ah, at the box office. You could say that. I won't, but you could. <laughs> <laughs> Coming in at number two, No Time to Die in its second weekend, making $23.7 million. That's sitting at 99 right under that 100 mark. It will probably get there. Number three, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, with $16.5 million. That's sitting at pretty at 168 Number four, The Addams Family 2, $7 million, adding to a $42 million total. And rounding out your top five, The Last Duel with another with a four point seven million debut. Uh, small potatoes compared to uh, the other movies on this list, but hey. So, quick question with the box office. Yeah. Halloween Kills ended up making yeah, let's round up fifty million dollars over the weekend. Yes. Is that due to people wanting to go to the movie theaters or people not having Peacock because this was a film <laughs> off Peacock? I mean, yeah, we. This will be week three of us doing the whole, like, does how, how does streaming impact uh, box office revenue? Let's not have that conversation again. What we can have a conversation is about is, yeah, whether people actually care about Peacock or not. And you're probably right. They probably don't. Yes. Um, so, yeah, not, not a, problem, a whole lot of revenue, I would bet, from Peacock uh, watchers for Halloween Kills. It'll do fine in the theaters, though. All right. Coming up this week, though, we uh, or I guess was yesterday, technically. Out now in theaters. Uh, two biggies, one for the families and one for uh, the nerds. <laughs> hey. <laughs> we'll get there. Ron's Gone Wrong, which is that um, robot AI kids movie. Yes, not yeah. connected. No, definitely not connected. Not Mitch, uh, Mitchell versus the Machines. No, different movie entirely. And then, of course, the big release this week, also available on HBO Max, is Dunk, I mean, Dune. It's Dunk. <laughs> Dunk on it. Yep. Uh, Dune is out, finally. All those people who were excited for the Timothy Chalamet uh, Dune is, it's available for both in theaters and at home for streaming. So go check it out. We're going to talk about that in a moment. Yep. But before we do that, it's time to talk about some news. First, we have a little bit of an update on the Yahtzee strike and what may be technically a deal. So, Maybe? last weekend, or last episode, we were talking about the strike coming up on Monday. Yes. We were pretty much having our best that it was going to happen. Well, sort of, sort of, <laughs> kind of did and didn't. I don't know. It's really, this is such a weird story. So, a deal, I'm going to use quotes over this, yes. was made in the final hours of Sunday. 
which staved off a mass strike that was set to begin on Monday. Now begins the ratification of the New Deal, which has moved from a tentative agreement to a pattern bargain to pattern bargaining to finalize the language. Only after the language of the deal is made official do the members begin to vote on its ratification. The tentative deal includes 10 hours off between shifts to all workers and a 54-hour weekend, a higher pay for the lowest wage workers, and a doubling of meal penalties after eight hours. The deal does not, however, include streaming services paying extra residuals into pension and health plans, and a new wage formula dependent on a platform's total content expenditures instead of total subscribers. A ratification vote could come up as early as next month, so we might not know for another month whether or not this gets approved. And people were split on this. I mean, I'm split on this. I saw, yes, good thing we have the deal done so we can keep working, but also we didn't get what we wanted. It's very easy to say, well, we got something. And they, 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 the needle moved a little bit because they got at least half of what they wanted. But in a world, in, well, I guess a country where healthcare is such a challenge for all, of a lot of people, the fact that healthcare was not included, like the, the uh, changes that they wanted was not included here, yeah. is disappointing. And disappointing for the people who are bargaining. It's just, it's not the whole package. And I think you are going to see people be like, yeah, this isn't enough. This Sorry, is just, could you say- Oh my God, Siri. <laughs> there are going to be people who are like, no, this is not. I'm not satisfied by this. But we'll see in a month. I mean, I think they could get more. I, I there's, hope. There's a lot of money there. <laughs> I would certainly hope. I mean, the streaming service especially, they're making enough money that they can pony up. Your Netflixes of the world are not poor. Right. Um, I mean. I mean, we'll get to Netflix later. <laughs> are they profitable? No, but they're not poor. Um, so, yeah. Um, we'll see. We'll see. A little update uh, next month. I'm sure uh, we'll find out what, what happens with that. Yeah, but for now, the strike is yeah. staved off. For now. For now. Which is probably why they did this. Is They're probably like, okay, we're not going to give them everything, but at least they won't go on strike yet. Yes. So, yeah. We'll, this might just be a holding pattern until the next update. Right. Or at least until they poo-poo the deal. <laughs> yeah. Send them back. Could happen. So, that's the thing. That there's three... They vote on three things. Yes on the deal. No on the deal. No on the deal and strike. Right, yeah. There's three different votes that happen. So, we'll see. depending on which gets the most votes, we will we'll certainly yes, see. On the edge of our seats. Yes, for sure. But, of course, the big story that we have to talk about, biggest story in film this week, uh, hit this just DC a couple days fandom. ago. No, oh, no that was going to be the story. No. This is bigger than DC fandom, and it's way more depressing, if yes. you can believe it. Uh, we have to talk about, unfortunately, we have to talk about the death on the set of the next Alec Baldwin film, Rust. Uh, so, story goes, Alec Baldwin was holding a prop gun and fired it, and it killed cinematographer Paulina Hutchins and wounded director Joel Suze while on the set of Rust in New Mexico. Hutchins died after being airlifted to an Albuquerque hospital while Souza was treated for his wounds and has been released. According to the Santa Fe County Sheriff's Office spokesman Juan Rios, quote, We haven't even begun the forensics on that issue. That hasn't been determined by us as of yet. We expect to have more information next week as our investigation continues. Just a quick note, I did see some updates about this today, uh, this morning when I was looking at social media. It seems that um, an assistant director had prepared the gun and... It was filled with a live round, and I guess nobody knew. 
Um, and so Alec Baldwin's firing of it, um, of course, was not intentional. It was accidental. The, usually these things are not filled with live ammunition on set. No, no they're filled, they're handled by an armorer on yeah. set, an uh, armor master, a prop master. Yeah. So the other wrinkle to this is the union side of this. It actually ties into the Yahtzee story a yes. bit. Uh, so basically what's happening, what's happening now is that the union has argued that this was caused by malfeasance on the set and people skirting around safety rules and regulations on the set of rest. Like shooting in New Mexico? In the first place, but among other things. And so right after this news broke and all this happened, uh, the union said, we're pulling, we're pulling and we're walking off the set. So Rust has resumed shooting, but with a scab crew. Ooh, I didn't see that. Yeah, I saw that. But since they walked off, they wanted to continue anyway, so they hired a bunch of scabs. It's a bad scene. Um, I mean, it's just, it's depressing. It's depressing because there should, there's no excuse for this kind of thing. There's a reason why you don't see this very often. I mean, everybody's uh, memory kind of shifted to uh, the death on the set of The Crow. Over 30 years ago now. Uh, close to 27, but yeah. yeah. Almost uh, 30 years Almost ago. 30 years ago now. It's very reminiscent of that. Yeah. Um, it's just, this shouldn't happen. This kind of thing. There are safety rules and regulations to keep this from happening on sets every day. Yeah. And the fact that they were so laissez-faire with it, this it is, was, that's what causes this. The rules are skirted. Yeah. And that's what happens. This is what happens. Um, so obviously, you know, our condolences to the family of, of both people involved, especially... Hutchins, uh, I can't imagine. I mean, she was a award-winning, like, like uh, cinematographer, like, just had a big impact on films that she'd worked on in the past and this one. It's just the saddest thing for her life to be lost to something that's so avoidable, something so just uh, inexcusable on the on the case of everybody involved. I don't know. Anyway, so... Yes, and yeah. for everyone on social media saying, oh, maybe they should add rules and regulations. They did they have do. them. They're there. There's a reason why this isn't a story every month. It's because this does not happen. This is not a thing that happens. Mm -hmm. And this, when there's an exception to the rule, hopefully it leads to changes. Hopefully it leads to people being more cognizant about this. And to everyone saying, why yeah. can't they just CG everything? <laughs> It's not that simple either. It's not that simple. CG you know, costs more money, right? Than you it's, think. it's. I mean, yeah. There's a whole can of worms there to unlock, uh, to open up when talking about uh, CG versus practical effects. Yes, and budgeting. Yeah, and not unions. And, we don't yeah. have time to get into it, but yeah, it's depressing. It's inexcusable. It's sad, but it is what it is, and it happened. And yeah, just depressing. Mm -hmm. Whew! Now that's over. Let's get some more depressing news. Tell me about Dune. Oh. You saw Dune. You watched Dune. Did you watch it on HBO um, Max? I watched it on HBO Max. All right. How was it? I know that I said that the only way I was going to watch this was on the theater? Day IMAX screen. Well, theater. well, I didn't quite get there. No, it's and, fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It, was a, it was easily available. Sure. So it wasn't required. <laughs> what do you mean? It wasn't required to see it. Oh, no, I thought it'd be like, it wasn't required to actually see it. <laughs> oh, no, no, I mean, we're on this podcast. We should probably see it. Yes. Uh, so, 
Now, what's your history with the franchise here? Have you read the book? I've never read the book, but okay. I've watched the 1984 film. The 84 film. Okay. Yes. Starring Colin McLaughlin. Yes, that yes, Colin McLaughlin. McLaughlin. So, and yes, that Sir Patrick Stewart. Yes. So, having that knowledge going into this film, uh, what were you expecting and did it deliver? Um, well, I was expecting spectacle from director Del- Dennis oh, yeah. Villeneuve. Yeah, because that's his thing. Because that's his thing. He did Blade Runner 1984, or not 1984. Yeah. <laughs> Blade Runner 2049. 2049, yes. Yeah, 2049. Um, he did Arrival. Which, now that I think about it, 2049 does not seem that far away, which is scary. It's Back to the Future rules. Yeah, right? It's like... Because when it came out, it was 30 years in the future. Yeah. Back to the Future rules of 30 years in the past. <laughs> just, just seems and like... Fast forward 30 years. Yeah. Which, um, side note, um, Wednesday... Or a normal podcast would have been Back to the Future Day. So. Oh, well, we missed it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Anyway. Uh, anyways, so yeah, I was expecting beautiful shots. Sure. Even though he um, didn't have his normal cinematographer. Yeah. But what I wasn't expecting was the opening title card. Okay. Okay, now, it's spoilers in the opening title card, so I'm not going to say it here. All right, good. I do... I do tentatively plan to watch this. Yes. Probably sometime next week. But, yeah, so my basis for this is just that film, the 1984 film. Mm-hmm. Sandworms yeah. and ASMR whispering. I was just telling a friend last night that there are th- that there are three things, I think. Three things I know about Dune. Sand, worms, sand, comma, worms, <laughs> comma, uh, spice. That's yes. literally all I know about Dune. Spice is everywhere. Yeah, spice. Spice runners. Spice. Yes. Uh, so, the world building in this is great. Um, I think I poo-pooed Timothy Chalamet uh, <laughs> when he did um, Call Me By Your Name. Sure. Like, and everyone said like, he's the next best actor. I'm like, I saw that film in theaters. <laughs> is he? Is he? Is I he? didn't get it. I don't think so. He's alright. He's, he's okay. He's fine. Inoffensive. So, and then you watch this film, it's like, Oh yeah, shit! That kid can act. Okay, good, good, yeah. good. You so this is yes. This is like in the hands of a good director like like Denise. Yeah, he can act. Cool, that's great news. But here's the thing, though. Oh, Denise can make anyone act good. So you think it's the director? Okay. It's definitely the director because Jason Momoa's in this, and he's <laughs> phenomenal in it. Okay. Um, Zendaya, how's Zendaya? Is Zendaya she, is in it. Is she Michi? Uh, she is very Michi. <laughs> <laughs> Like the philosopher? No, no, no. Not no, that no. niche. No, not that niche. <laughs> That's a niche, not niche. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jason Momoa's in this, pulling off a great performance. Um, Bautista's in this, pulling off a great performance. All right. How many big burly guys are in this movie? Well, I guess maybe Josh they had to balance. Rollins ba- in this, yeah, pulling they, off a great performance. They had to balance out Timothy Chalamet with all these beefy guys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, anyway. And Oscar Isaac's in here. Also, sure. great performance. Like, besides the fact that uh, Dennis um, creates a visually stunning film, mm-hmm. he's able to pull out all this great acting from these actors. Good, good. Which, I mean, these are all good actors, yeah. but to excel them from good to great acting is that of the director That's and be able to pull that out and. It is on show here in Doom. Cool. Um, so besides acting sets, 
everything else. The one place it does fall short, I think, okay. is in the actual story. Mm. But only because it is faithful to the books. Yeah. And because it's faithful to the books, if you've read the books, we're seeing, um, how should I put this lightly without like spoiling everything? Peter Jackson's take on the books. Okay. Where it's faithful, but maybe too faithful to a fault. Uh-huh. But then again, because scenes are kind of stretched out and chewed upon, it doesn't feel like the two and a half hour film that it is until you get to the end of the two and a half hour film and you're like, wait, <laughs> that's it? Yeah. But I wanted more. And that's good. You want that from a film. They want that. To, they want to set up to make this a franchise. I'm sure they do. Yes. Unless your only frame of reference is the 1984 film in which they completed the full like, book in one movie. Encapsulated. In two hours. Yeah. Which even that film was done at like a breakneck speed and lots of montage and over uh, voiceovers. How much do you think, and this is just me assuming here, how much do you think this was a like, on purpose, a purposeful choice. Where they were like, if we're going to do an adaptation of a very popular science fiction series in 2021, an era where the internet picks apart everything and cares so much about the base material that to do anything less would be, you know, I can't believe they ruined Dune. Do you think that was the point? They were like, well, the internet's going to tear us apart unless we're super, super faithful and exact. Do you think that's why they did it? No, I think they did it because of technology. Mm, okay. In 1984, technology, yeah. and especially green screen technology, very janky. Watch yeah. those, watch that um, fight scenes in, <laughs> from 1984, and it's very blocky and super early yeah. like tech. It's of its time. But now, we have full-on Marvel green screen right. fights, and the limits of film are literally only limited by the imagination. Yeah. So, even though Dennis does love his practical effects, green screen is still prevalent. Green screen and blue screen, you know, yeah. put them all together. All, all the screens. screens. <laughs> <laughs> is still prevalent in this film, and because they have the ability to character model, to design, to mm. basically create the world of Dune, that's what they, they do, do here. Yeah. And oh, what a world. <laughs> um, that being said, spoiler or not, yes, I think Warner Brothers wants to make Dune the franchise. Which, if they do, because if a sequel has not been greenlit, I just want to put that out there. <laughs> yeah, we're not... Breaking not, any news today. Not, it's not breaking news that Doom 2 <laughs> or 3 or 4 or whatever's coming. <laughs> and if it does, and they bring him, uh, bring Dennis back, or Denise back, it would indeed be his first um, sequel right. to the film. Yeah. Also, this is technically his first, well, second franchise film. Yeah. I mean, if you want to count Blade Runner as it's, the sequel. Yes, I do count that as a franchise now. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's him directing a sequel, but not him directing a series or franchise from beginning yeah it's not him jumping on a this is the first time he's jumping on a project that is intended to be a franchise correct which has not been the case for him before you're right yeah um but that being said he is one of my favorite directors i mean yeah 
Go look at Prisoners. Go look at Arrival. Right. Watch those two films without a huge amount of CG. Well, Arrival, maybe not. But go watch Prisoners, <laughs> which is basically acting 101 for... I mean, I think should be taught acting 101 <laughs> for Prisoners. Yeah. He pulls some great performances out of there. Even Hugh Jackman <laughs> in Prisoners. Great performance out of him. Wow. All right. So, okay. he's easily one of my favorite directors yeah. up there. Um, it's, it's a good film. So, if you have zero context for Dune, are you going to be a little at sea here? Are you going to feel like you're a little drowning in jargon and shit that you don't understand? Because mm-hmm. I'm going in clean. I don't know. Like I told you, I told you the three things I know about Dune. That's it. Yes. So, if I just jump in the deep end, am I going to be okay? Is it entertaining? Like, You'll be okay. All right. Um, it does a lot to basically assume you're coming from this from a Good. zero flatline standpoint. Good. Okay. And your only frame of reference is popular media of Star Wars. <laughs> I do have knowledge of Star Wars. And um, <laughs> Game of Thrones. I do not have knowledge of Game of Thrones. Okay. But, but you, have, you have knowledge of like, like houses and treaties. Like yes, yes, I know what a house is and I know what a treaty is. Check, yeah. check. Okay, then you're good. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, okay, that's good to know because, yeah, like, when I hear stuff about, like, oh, it's so, like, very specific to and, like, faithful to this, I'm like, eh, is this going to go right over my head? But, good no to, know. Good it, to know. If the dialogue goes over your head, the visuals won't. It's sure. stunning. That's good, that's good. How is it on a TV screen? Would you, at any point, did you. Like, did at any point were you thinking, man, I actually should have gone to the IMAX? At some points, yes, because yeah. the the characters reacted before I saw it on the screen. But that's because the pan, usually a pan up to a wider shot. Yeah, and in an IMAX screen, you already have that coming <laughs> so in. There, yeah, but while while they're doing the same, while they're doing the the awe inspiring look, mm-hmm. and so it takes a few seconds for it to actually yeah. pound down, pan down, pound down, and pound down, pound down into the the theatrical frame of view. That makes sense. Uh, okay. It's a spectacle, I will say sure. that. Um, watch. Yeah, it's a good watch. It, it's not... It's like, at no point did I feel bored. At no point did I feel like it went completely over my head or I need to like, yeah. wait, how did this happen? Where do we go? <laughs> like, oh, now we're here? Wait, huh? Yeah. Uh, which happened a lot in the 1984 film. Got it. Okay. Because it was moving at such breakneck speed. Right, yeah. In order to try to fit everything in. Fair enough. Yeah. Alright, so is that a recommend? It's definitely a recommend if you're into the sci-fi genre. Sure. Or if you're into any of these actors in there. Oh, yeah. Great, great acting. Cool. Alright, that's awesome. I'm glad to hear that Dune is good and not yeah. disappointing. I am watching other movies, so I think we can safely move on. Yep, uh, we can safely move on. Um, yes! Right into television, and we start the television series su- series television uh, segment as always with the sports corner, which we point at every week. Now, first up in the sports corner, we have a little bit of an update on our uh, NFL uh, uh, ra- like rankings watch, I guess, like win loss watch NFL zeros. Sure, yes. Well, Cardinals are still undefeated, believe it or not. Yep. Um, meanwhile, the Lions is still all defeated. <laughs> Not gotten a win. It doesn't help that they're going to play the Rams this weekend. 
Oof, they're going to lose again. Which is, yes, a revenge game between both quarterbacks. Yeah. Stafford and Goff now playing on opposite teams from yes. what they're used to. Yes. And yeah, and we haven't seen overtime in a while. No, we have. We have? Yes. This is weeks without. Oh, weeks. <laughs> oh. That's, your, that's on you. That's on me. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, every week of the NFL this year has had, has had at least one game wow. going to overtime. Jeez, okay. The streak continues. Long-ass games. And speaking of the streak continuing, <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars still have not won a game in the U.S. Oh, right. <laughs> because they won in London. Hey! So while, they're, uh, while they do have their one win, it was overseas and doesn't count. Doesn't count. <laughs> no, doesn't it count. counts for the record <laughs> books, but uh, yeah, still still here. Say it there's still windless here. Still fun to say. Yeah, fair enough. But if you're not watching uh, football, you're probably watching postseason baseball, and it's fired up as we have the the uh, the matchups that we talked about last week. One of them has been resolved, and the other keeps on ticking. The uh, <laughs> I guess the team that you are referring to as the Homeboy Trash Tros, aka the Houston Astros, have advanced and will be going to the World Series again for the third time in five years. Yep, they beat the uh, uh, Boston Red Sox. <laughs> uh, Roll eyes emoji. Yep. Uh, but of course, the one that everybody's eyes are on and will be on later today is the continuing series uh, with Atlanta versus the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, that is game six. Yes, tonight, game six tonight in Atlanta. Atlanta still leads um, three to two. Three to two. Yes, I was trying to think of how many. Yes. Yeah, I think the, the Dodgers have only won two, but it's kept them alive. They have to win again tonight to keep the series going to a game seven. Yep, um, in order to force a game <sighs> yes, seven. Yes, to force a game seven. So yeah, uh, it's do or die again. But hey, every time the Dodgers have had a do or die game, they've won lately. So yes. And you know, though, the Braves came into the playoffs with the lowest winning total of 80 games. They are proving themselves here. They were at a sub-500 team come the All-Star break and the uh, trade deadline. But they were. And they just launched yeah, they into just first place. Freaking looks so good right now. The Dodgers really, It's a, there's a reason why they have an uphill battle here. It's because the Braves have been playing so good. It's momentum. It's also, momentum. the Braves acquired three players yes. at the end of the trade line. Dead trade. And it mattered. Turns yeah, out. the trade deadline. Yeah, and it's actually and coming And all play. three players are currently batting <laughs> yes. uh, com- a combined 400 and four home runs yeah. in the world er, in the in this series. It's incredible. Speaking of home runs, it's uh, just fun to note that in the last game, uh, just... Uh, just home runs wall-to-wall for the Dodgers. Especially at the end there. Yes. Um, they it, have the bats. Yes. What's his name? Uh, Chris Taylor? Yes. Yeah, Chris Taylor, three in one game. Just incredible, incredible yes. stuff. So, th- I'm not saying they can't do it. We could see an upset tonight. But they're back in Atlanta. It's going to be harder. Yes. They're not going to have that home team, home, home, uh, home crowd support that they did when they were playing in L.A. And they already dropped two in Atlanta. Yeah, so it's a game to watch tonight. So if you're watching this live or today when the podcast goes up on Saturday, tune in that game because it's going to be fun to watch. And by next week, we may or may not have a World Series we winner. May. We may or may not. <laughs> we may or may not, depending on if the Braves win and yeah, they, they, to, they sweep. Or if we go to a Game 7. Right, because I believe game 
five of the World Series is scheduled for Halloween on Sunday. Oh, okay. So if we see a clean sweep through, I believe we will have a, a World Series win. All right, well, we'll see, uh, but we'll talk about that next week. Meanwhile, other sports are technically happening. I don't know. They're not on my radar, but they are <laughs> happening. Um, little hockey bits for you. Eight teams uh, so far remain undefeated, even though we just started last week. While the Canadians, Coyotes, and Blackhawks are still searching for the first win. Yes. Single tier. Single tier. Yeah. Meanwhile, the WNBA. Uh, uh, I skipped uh, a couple stories here. Uh, Sorry. These are all uh, hockey Hockey stories. related. I'll, okay, I'll wrap up hockey before I move on. Yes. Uh, Evander Kane. Tell me what's he. What, you have saying he has card trouble? What's happening here? Oh, uh, yeah. In. Probably the, I won't say hilarious, but to me it's hilarious. <laughs> okay. Story coming out of the uh, <laughs> NHL right now is Evander Kane okay. getting into some card trouble. All right, you have to be more specific. With his vaccination card. Oh, boy. Here we go. As part of the NHLPA agreement signed last year, yes. every player has to have be vaccinated yes. because they travel to right. Canada. That's the only way you can get in and out. Mm-hmm. They're not doing that north anymore. Right. A separate uh, north t- north uh, division. So every player in the NFL, uh, in hockey, has to submit a vaccination card. Yes. And they check those vaccination cards. Let me guess. Evander Kane's card looked a little suspicious. He uh, is in trouble because he submitted a fake vaccine Ooh, card. Come on. Come on. So he is suspended for 21 games. Now, what team is he on? Uh, the Sharks. Sharks. Yeah. So yeah, not. Uh, so yeah, that's not 21 days. That's 21 games, a third of the season. That's a big, big punishment. Yep. It's interesting to see this contrast with what the NBA has been dealing with. Yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ, among others, but most famously, yes. Yes. It's just these sports teams just have to. I mean, they ha- like the NHL is doing it correctly, which is just like. Everybody, you got to do it. Well, as no part of them signing the, right. the agreement last year yeah. uh, for them to have a season. Uh, well, that's just frustrating. Just get your shots, guys. Just get your shots. Yeah. Speaking of shots. Yeah, speaking of shots, back to a uh, story I almost started there. Your WNBA champions. Uh, uh, was, oh, one shit. last one. <laughs> speaking of shots. Not that kind Seattle, of shots. The Seattle Kraken have yet to take a shot yes. on their home ice. Yeah, they're going to play their first home game, uh, so we'll see. Tonight, they're Tonight. playing their first home game. So if you're not watching baseball, which what's wrong with you? <laughs> you can watch the Kraken game. Yeah, the Kraken uh, opened uh, their season with a five-game road trip right. to just now start playing in their new home stadium. Well, good luck to them, I suppose. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. Now! Now, finally, I'll just say really quickly here. The Chicago Sky are your WNBA champions as... We figured they would. Yep, they were um, <laughs> last week when we uh, said so. Yes. so. Congratulations, Chicago Sky. Yes, congratulations. Going on, moving on to racing, NASCAR racing. Kyle Larson has clinched a spot in the final four for the NASCAR playoffs with two weeks left before the big championship race. Yep, the championship race is in Phoenix. And you are going. We'll be live from the scene. No, yes. we don't do live stuff. Uh, besides this podcast, but if you do, if we did, you do like a little like, hey, look, I'm here. Yeah, uh, we're figure out how we're gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it. We'll talk, we'll talk about that. Um, yeah, so that's exciting. Yep, uh, Kyle Larson also um, has won a race in each of the four stages of the playoffs. He's the only one to do so so far. 
basically when you run the race you guarantee your spot in the yeah. next um the next tier so yeah he's clipped it for the final four cool um cool, cool. two weeks left before the races they have this week Halloween week and then the first week in November is championship race in Phoenix. Nice. Well, very cool. Well, maybe not because this is Kyle Larson <laughs> we're talking about after all. Sure. Speed races. Yeah, that's right. Yep. This guy. I don't. I can't keep track of all these NASCAR people. <laughs> I try to. For me. <laughs> that's why you do nicknames yes. so you can't keep. Track. <laughs> I guess so. Yes. Kim's and Andy. Then, last but not least. Especially not least in the sports news this week. What comes in a shocker to nobody. I know, right? Our hometown hero, Shohei Otani, has been named the Major League Baseball Player of the Year by Baseball America. So, um, Do note that this is not the MLB itself. Right, no. Um, those votes have been submitted already as they were due before the playoffs started. Mm-hmm. Um, but they won't be revealed until November yes. after the World after Series. After the World Series is over, we'll know about MVPs. So. Mm-hmm. Keep, uh, keep tabs on that. But hey, hey seeing if that, this is any indication, yes. more hardware to come for Shohei Otani. <laughs> I am sure. I am confident that he will continue being recognized for the just tremendous season he had. Mm-hmm. And hey, here's to uh, a great 2022. I got the uh, email for the uh, 10, 20 game ticket packs. And uh, I'm, yes. I'm going to look at prices because I might do it. <laughs> Unless it's a pyros and promos, I don't think it's worth <laughs> it. <laughs> You're a pyro. Oh, that was the best deal ever. <laughs> that though. sounds like a good deal, but I don't think they're offering it again. So it was always a weekend games, mm-hmm. and it was always either fireworks or a promotion. I'll have to look at what they have right now, and since since I'm staying in Orange for another year, I might as well do it. It's, it's kind of street. It's kind of hard for me to argue not to do it, especially if I'm still not going to an office and I don't commute. So I'm like, I'm just here. I'm just here. I can just go after work. Like. It is down the street. It is and down the you street. You do have the jersey. I do have a jersey. Yeah, so I'm thinking about it. I'll yeah. have to look through the good prices. Yeah. I can't afford season tickets. God, God forbid. Oh no, that's too much. Too much. That's too much baseball. It's too much commitment. Yeah, but I'm thinking about the, the ten games. Yeah. Anyways, because I'm like, yeah, I, I could go to ten Over games. Over the course of the season, you know, yeah. ten games. Yeah. So oh, I might do that. Let's move on though, out of sports. Unless you have any other sports uh, trickling out. Um, the new season of WWE started last night. So no. So no. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on. And let's move on to television news proper. And yes, the big story this week was a little bit of a follow-up to a story we talked about. Did we talk about this last week? We did week? not talk no, about it. No, this all happened within a week? This all happened within a week. All right, so here's the brief context. Well, uh, no, so it happened last Thursday. Yeah. Uh, no, was it last Thursday? I don't know. Alright, so <laughs> Dave Chappelle's special yes. came out last Tuesday on right. the 12th. Yes, so, so and basically. We didn't talk about the special. We didn't talk about the special because we didn't watch it. And that's probably and for a good reason. We didn't care about <laughs> no. what Dave Chappelle has to say. Well, it turns out that what he has to say is some pretty messed up shit. Um, and it caused a lot of uh, uproar on the internet, including some people critical of it from within Netflix itself. So when I saw this on online, it, it's like, oh. Dave Chappelle said something controversial. What else is new? Well, yes. It has been established that he is a man who says controversial things. It's kind of his brand. It's always kind of been part of his act. Mm-hmm. But he may have crossed a line. He has definitely, I would say, crossed a line for a lot of people here, especially in the trans community. So here's the story. Hundreds of Netflix employees walked out of the company on Wednesday to protest Dave Chappelle's stand-up special, The Closer, 
which features comments and jokes made by, Ch by Chappelle, uh, which they claim are transphobic and homophobic. The event grew tense as protesters clashed with a crowd of comedians, fan, and counter-protests, with signs ripped out of their hands. In the special, The Closer, Chappelle makes several jokes that critics say are transphobic, such as wondering whether there is, quote, any th even such a thing as a woman or a man or anything anymore, unquote. That's not even the harshest thing he said. There's more. Uh, times, Chappelle takes pains to deny he is prejudiced, such as sharing an anecdote about befriending trans comic Daphne Dorman, who committed suicide in 2019. But he also talks about getting in an altercation with a lesbian while also aligning himself on, quote, Team Turf, referring to trans-exclusionary radical feminists, with Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling, who has made anti-trans comments in the past, and basically not backing down on it, and basically kind of just digging himself further by entrenching himself and not believing that this is a, a real issue, and not, I guess, treating it with the... Um, with the respect that the trans community deserves and questioning the entire, like, like basically promoting a biological imperative and that narrative, which a lot of TERFs use as an excuse for not supporting trans women. It's just embarrassing. It's ridiculous at this point in his career. It's 2021. There's no excuse for it. Meanwhile, on the other side of it, you have Netflix's reaction, which has been subpar to say the least. One of the, like, the, the co-president or something had made a statement where he said that he regretted, um, the, like, he wasn't in support of, at least, um, the re remarks made by Chappelle, but the company has not pulled it. Um, it's important to note here, you have this story, and I don't know if you wrote this or this was a copy-paste, but you mentioned that the, the walkout happened because of the special. I want to push back on that a little bit. People who uh, organized the protest said that it's not because of the special specifically. They actually are doing it as a wider cause to have Netflix promote trans lives better, do a better job of supporting the trans community. That was their real purpose. They want to make clear that nobody in the movement wants the special pulled because they don't believe in, and we've talked about this on this podcast before, to remove something to, is, not, is, 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 is to tantamount to pretending it didn't happen. What needs to be the case is you could present something, but also have a balance of, of content that makes it, makes it clear that you as a corporation support trans lives and support, support what they're doing and employ trans people. That's what the protest was. That's what the walkout was for. So I just want to make clear that, that, that they're not trying to get the special pull. They're not trying to, you know, reprimand Chappelle himself. Um, but what they're doing is, is about Netflix, about, about the company and what they're supporting and what they're not saying. Like, as we've said a lot, what you don't do is just as important, just as em emblematic of your politics as what you do do. And here Netflix is proving that they'd rather make wishy-washy comments and not make the changes necessary to make trans lives important in their company. The fact that they, did they suspend a fire the person who uh, kind of started this by tweeting about it from within Netflix. I think that's what it was. They fired her. I think so. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's just it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing on Netflix's part. Not to mention, like I said, embarrassing on Chappelle's part. But again, they're not focusing on Chappelle. I'm saying that I'm embarrassed for him, but yes. they're not saying that. They're saying that the real thing here is Netflix. They need to do a better job.
so yeah, I, I supported the the walkout. I did not watch Netflix on uh, on Wednesday. Um, but yeah, it's it's just it's ridiculous, and they need to like trans trans women are are women, trans people are people. Like treat them with respect. That's the end. Of, that's really the end of it. It's exhausting having to talk about this over and over. It's just it's exhausting having to have this conversation over and over again because it's just the needle's not moving. Well, people aren't listening. Yeah, people aren't listening. They're listening to Dave Chappelle. Apparently, wrong person to listen to. (laughs) So yeah, it's just it is what it is. That was the biggest story of the week. Right. Um, Also, I from a business standpoint, I think they're backing Dave Chappelle because last year. They made a big point of yes. backing Dave Chappelle. It, it, he's a moneymaker. That special, his specials are always a moneymaker for them. They get a lot of eyeballs on them. Because the vast majority of people who probably have Netflix accounts, they know him from the Chappelle Show DVDs. They're just like, yeah, I'll watch his special. He's funny. And I'm hoping that this is a little bit of a sea change with him. I hope that the comments he's making here, I hope more and more people realize this is not okay. This is this is a line that he's tight rope walked before, and now he's crossed it. He's crossed it, and he's done. So let's stop talking about him, and let's talk about something a little bit more fun. Well, I guess unless you're an avid cable watcher of uh, Power Rangers, hey, <laughs> I may be old, <laughs> but but uh, uh, yeah. So fun fact: now that now that um, our Friends are starting to have kids. Kids are starting to talk back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you tell them that you're older than Power Rangers, <laughs> they they think that you're like ancient now. Oh yeah. Oh because yeah. I bet. For the past, was it 27, 28 years now? In there. Like Power Rangers has been on TV. Yes. Yes, it has. It's been a staple of our childhood. Oh yeah. Oh, My yeah. childhood. And I, I was just telling uh, telling someone the other day uh, that I had a a Power Rangers. Bet a sheet set on my bed for a while. I had the the, the White Ranger glove with the buttons and the fingers that would make yes. different sounds. Yeah, um, I was talking to people about what they're dressing up for as Halloween, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, I'm not going to dress up." Like, "Oh, so you're going as a Demorph Power Ranger?" All right. Well, that was for no one. That was all for me. Speaking <laughs> of all for you, here's the news about Power Rangers as we know it now. And the story I've been tracking <laughs> since last year. So yeah, what you set this up in a how it started and how it's going meme. Um, so we'll start with the how it started. So you had heard this this news trickling out months and months and months ago, almost, almost half a year almost ago. Almost a year ago. Uh, so Hasbro will repeat, this is what you wrote at the time, will reportedly not be continuing their partnership with Toei. Which means that including the use of footage from the Super Sentai series from Japan uh, for the Power Rangers television series would end. The, in case you don't know, if you didn't grow up with Power Rangers or you don't have a lot of uh, knowledge about it or Sentai, essentially Power Rangers is a hybrid. It's a collection of footage from a Japanese show combined with footage that they shot here of the American actors. They can get away with this because the Power Rangers had masks on. So you don't know that it's not the same people you saw in the juice bar just a scene ago. Right. And they do all the voiceovers and everything. They redub right. it. Redub it. So that's always been the basis of what Power Rangers is. But with this announcement, it means that Super Sentai might be part of the Power Rangers formula, which means 2021's Power Rangers Dino Fury will be the last season of the long, long-running franchise with their current contract with Nickelodeon. 
It's important to note that production for the Power Rangers franchise has moved to from Hasbro's AllSpark company to another Hasbro subsid, subsidiary, E1. E1 is known mostly for the popular children's animated series Peppa Pig, so it's possible that maybe animation might be in the works for the Power Rangers. That still hasn't borne out. Right, E1's full company name is Entertainment One. Makes sense. But we always oh, shorted it to E1. And hey, Peppa Pig's a big deal, a big moneymaker for mm-hmm. them right now, so... So the Power Rangers deal at Boom Studios will also be running out in 2021. So it's possible that Hasbro could not con- choose to not continue that existing deal. Well, this is the sound of another shoe dropping. The, so that's that's where we were where somewhere we were. last year. But recently, we found out what's happened to the Power Rangers. Netflix will be the exclusive U.S. home for the second season of Dino Fury, which is the 29th season proper of. I mean, of Power Rangers and stands. That makes sense because 2023 yeah. would be the 30th anniversary. Woo! Makes you feel, makes you feel yeah. old. Uh, which will debut in spring of 2022. So Netflix is licensing the series from E1 and Hasbro. As you mentioned, the series started way back in 1993 on Fox Kids. Then ABC, Disney followed the acquisition and following their acquisition of ABC, moved it to Nickelodeon uh, in 2011, where it's been since. It's complicated. Power Rangers joins the other popular licensed children's series that have moved to Netflix, including Pokemon, Coco Melon, My Little Pony, Boss Baby, Sonic Prime, and Transformers, which would all have spinoffs and expansions exclusively on Netflix. So Netflix rolling deep with Hasbro. Yes, note that this is currently only for one season. It's basically doing the Pokemon thing where it's... Try it out. It's going to be on uh, Netflix. Yeah. Um, They have... Had they or they currently have the current season of Power Rangers Dino Fury, which in a which is a second stream, so which means or second stream, so yeah, first premiere is on Nickelodeon and then second premiere is on Netflix. Oh, okay, so they've had this partnership going on for a while now, and as we reported, what three or five years ago, okay. when they announced that all Power Rangers were going to be on Netflix, that. There's it in there. Yeah. Hmm. It's right in there. So, yeah, uh, if you're a Power Rangers uh, fan, I guess this makes it slightly easier. You don't have to have cable anymore to watch it. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. You can uh, switch over to your kid's profile to <laughs> yes, watch it. exactly. You don't have to be on your main profile. <laughs> <laughs> Sneaky Power Rangers watching. Not that Danny Lee really cares. Not that I would do that. Not that we would do that. No, we would do that. So, yeah. So, uh, at least one more season of Power Rangers. Um, I would assume... Hopefully, they do a 30th anniversary. Yeah. We'll but see. We'll see. Only guaranteeing one season does not look good, though. It's not a good outlook. Uh, there is movement on a second film. Okay. Um, oh, like the sequel to the recent film. What is that, 2017? Uh, 2018, yeah. 2018, yeah. So, unsure if it's going to be a sequel or if they're just going to just do another complete reboot of it. They kind of have a lot of options, so. Yeah, um, to which if they're going to go that route um, from the Boom series comics, they should definitely do the um, grid, uh, the power grid, the storyline grid, or across the grid, power grid, shattering, shattered, shattered grid. <laughs> I got there. Power Rangers sh- shattered grid, no, no, where no. they take uh, all the Power Rangers from the different series and yeah. crossover. This is what that fighting game came out of, right? Too? Exactly, yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. 
Power Rangers may or may not be around much longer. Hey, they're having a little One bit of a... One last leg to stand on. I think this is a good timing, too, because they are having a little bit of a renaissance right now, as as you said, as the millennials are old enough to have kids and stuff and getting back into the series. Yep. I mean, so, we saw it with Voltron. Yeah. And it does kind of lend it to that uh, Peppa Pig kind of animation. That Yeah, it could. That, yeah, yeah they, they could do animation and just completely do away with live action. I mean, to yeah. have... It's a good solution to get away from the Sentai stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's also a good way to do the Shattered Grid because you don't have to have the actor, just yeah. the voice. The voices. Of them. Yeah, just the voices. Yes. Um, but uh, lastly on this, um, in we did mention that the deal at Boom Studios was kind of running out at the end of 2021. Mm-hmm. Well, they did what any person with an experiment medical bill would do <laughs> and went to GoFundMe. Ah, I see. And they were able to raise $800,000. So Woo. they'll have at least another year <laughs> least. Of, uh, of Power Rangers Boom Comics nice. continuing. Okay. Well, fans will have that all that to look forward to. But for us, let's move on. Uh, we have a couple of thoughts, a couple of finale thoughts. One that's been we pushed back a couple weeks because we forgot. Um, and the other is recent. Um, so we're going to probably spend more time on the first one. So if you want to wrap up only murders in the building. Only murders in the building. Yeah, we're going to wrap up only murders in the building. Yes. Christy first. also finished this and told me her feelings about how it landed as well. Oh, okay. So, Hopefully it landed on the same way, which was, eh? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of her reaction, too. So the so series... a cliffy. Cliffy, as she calls but, it. Cliffhanger. Except it's not a cliffhanger. It's a callback to the first episode. Ah, I see. Okay. Because when the series opens, it opens on that scene. Mm-hmm. And then it flashes back to... Was it like a week or a month before? So which leads up to it, right? So you. So the know... whole series is a flash, flashback. So yeah, I'll put it this way: you know something has happened, but you don't know who it has happened to. Right. But right. the thing is that by the time you get caught up to where the present day in the uh, mm-hmm. series is, you still are left with more questions <laughs> than answers. Yeah. Um, I think it was a good uh, setting. Of keeping it only in the building, I think Steve Martin can still pull it off of in terms of acting because he's Steve freaking Martin. <laughs> uh, Selena Gomez, surprise, yeah, Look at this, yeah. I like her. Yeah, seems like it. Yeah, uh, I thought it was a good cast, good crew. They kind of meshed the three meshed well together. Yeah, um, with Martin Short, uh, so they were funny together. It was a <laughs> funny mystery. And it did the thing where you found out more information in the last five minutes. If you want to watch the next episode, if you want to watch the next episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, keeping it under the guise of a podcast is kind of a fun yeah. new way to keep it interesting because murder podcasts are all the rage. It's a good idea. Yeah, which is why we're going to switch this <laughs> podcast. Format change announcement. We're going to do yes, the, the Murder Boat Podcast. Yeah. Murder, <laughs> murder Boat <laughs> It's just about murders that occurred on boats. That's like all we, that's all we report on. Maritime Murders. Maritime Murders. That's actually a really good name. I bet that exists. I bet if we Googled Boat Murder Podcast, we'd probably find one. Anyway. Anyway. We're not not doing that. Uh, I enjoyed it, but only up to the extent that by the time you got to the finale, you already put all the pieces together. Yeah. And so the the actual final episode was more of an action-packed, okay. 
instead of like the slow reveal of how everything fit together. Yeah, they got all that done so that way they could have something random. Right, the big bang. The, yeah, the, the race to the climax. That's the, smart. The bang. That's a smart The big bang it. ending. For sure. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, cool. I did think that they did announce a season two for this, so cool. okay, looking continue. forward to that. Cool. All right, well, we'll check back in. Also, I enjoyed that there was only half-hour episodes. Yeah, so that's full good. Hours. Really bingeable, which, yeah. is, which is good. And I will call out one specific episode that is a very Steve Martin thing to do. Oh. Which is, um, it takes place in, from the perspective of someone who is deaf in the show. Okay. So, the whole episode was a silent yes. film. Christine esque. told me about this. It and it's cool. a very Steve Martin super <laughs> flex of, I'm a good writer and yeah. performer. I, we can get away with this. Yeah, we can pull it off. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Seems like a cool show. Um, I might have, you know, if I have time, I'll check that out as well. My growing list of television yeah, backlog for the years. Yeah. So, so we'll get to it. But that's good. I'm glad that it ended uh, pretty well. And then more up than down, but yeah. I had the fun ride with it. Sure, yeah. It's the kind of show that it is. It needs that kind of finale mm-hmm. for sure. But, of course, we need to talk about uh, the big show in the room. Your Emmy winning, your reigning Emmy winner for Best Comedy at the Emmys. Ted Lasso, because it wrapped up its so second mean, season. Yeah, you have to say, media boat favorite Ted yes, Lasso. Also media boat favorite Ted Lasso. Wrapped up its second season two or three weeks ago, but we have not talked about it yet. Um, but now we're both caught up. Um, if you do not want to hear Ted Lasso spoilers, please fast forward this podcast. Of, let's say uh, uh, seven minutes. Yeah, I was gonna say eight. But yeah, like let's eight say minutes. seven, eight minutes uh, from here, and we'll probably be done. So, how do you feel about how uh, where it ended as a season, where everybody's kind of where all the chess pieces landed, where 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 we're where we feeling? So, coming off of season one, mm-hmm. I wondered where they went with season, where they were going to go with season two, because. Yeah. They kind of solved most of their problems at the end of season one. Well, they did, and they did. And they did. Yeah. Um, they were moved down, so right. it was a whole buildup of trying to fight back into back into the big Premier League. Yeah. But that's kind of an external antagonist. You know, it's something that's, yeah, we want to accomplish that, but there's nothing really affecting us from accomplishing that except ourselves. Hmm. Which is where they exactly went with this season. It was all a lot of internal conflict. Yes. They, this is, season two, to me, really felt like they want to make this a ensemble show. Mm-hmm. Because I think like maybe the takeaway from season one was like just about Ted. Just about Jason Sudeikis and just about how great he was and about his character. There's such a focus on it, which makes sense because the premise... The, the title of the show is Ted Lasso. Also, the premise works because it's about him. And he's the fish out of water, the connective tissue of all these relationships. But this season, they, I would say, took a risk by basically, like, really trying to delve into the interpersonal relationships with everything, everybody but Ted, only to come back at the very end and make you realize that the impetus for a certain character's entire arc turned out to be Ted after all, mm-hmm. which was not, which was, I think, a really good move. I think a lot of people, because the other half of this is that the, the, the season was controversial on the internet for, for a lot of fans, uh, because it divided a lot of people. A lot of people that liked season one didn't think that there was enough conflict this time. They thought that because of how internalized a lot of the uh, drama was, that it didn't feel like a big, you know, there was a big setup to what was going to make the big explosion at the end. Mm-hmm. 
But I think they pulled it off at the end. Oh, it definitely worked. I think it works because it was they did it. They did the big explosion, but it was a way you did not anticipate, mm-hmm. and they planted seeds all the way throughout to make you think. So yeah, let's just say it. The Nate heel turn, yes, was I think pretty well done. You could see it coming the entire season. I didn't expect it, and then when it came, <laughs> and the explosion came, it yeah. made total sense. I'm like, yes, I yeah. saw this slide. Yes. I yes. witnessed it. It makes sense. Because, yeah, the, the whole time I was thinking, like, okay, they're setting up and him up in a really villainous way. Yes. Like, he's making the bad, bad decisions almost every single time he has to make a decision. So there's got to be something. The thing I didn't come, see coming was him blowing up at Ted and blaming right. it all on, on Ted. That, But that felt really real to me mm-hmm. because that is such the, – it's the nice guy thing, right? It's the nice guy thing to be like – I'm, I'm I'm not at fault. Yeah, I'm going to blame somebody else for my issues because they told me I was this person, but I I, I don't feel like I I like mm-hmm. like I didn't become the person I thought I was going to. And to have him defect to the rival team was such a great moment in the season. I was just like, that's it, awesome. It's, it made me excited for season three. Yes, and to have them back up in the Premier League, mm-hmm. of course. Those who follow television news were spoiled by that a little bit, by a news story that came out the week prior about the Premier League making a licensing deal with the series. But even if you didn't know that, it still seemed pretty like, yeah, of course they're going to get back to the Premier League. The one complaint I have, they did a pretty good job of setting up Ted's arc in this season as finally basically admitting that he needs help, that he needs help with his mental health. Uh, having the story come out about his panic attack um, to the press, having his relationship develop with the team um, therapist. team therapist. Um, but I feel like they fainted a little bit at the end there. They had the therapist exit the show, more or less. I don't think that she'll return. Um, and they had, but they still had his internal struggle kind of left on the table for season three. Interesting move. Because I thought for sure that they were going to resolve it in the finale. But they didn't. Instead, they chose to almost compound on top of it with the Nate stuff. So now he has now he has an even bigger symbol of the struggle, the internal struggle he's having, in the form of Nate. Yep. It's lit- so his internal struggle has literally become physical with the actual person who symbolizes it. And it's going to, be make, it's going to make for a really interesting season three, mm-hmm. which, according to the creators is the last season of this show. Yep. So this is it. So the next thing, they have to wrap it up, and it's going to be a huge thing next season, is going to be about his kind of wrestling with his identity, his relationship to the team, his relationship with his family, and with, and his antagonistic now set-up, like villain set-up with Nate and the other team. It's going to be really, really interesting. They really set the pieces for the next season. Mm-hmm. And it is more than just... As you, as you mentioned, more than just Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. It is an ensemble show, and I think this season let everyone else on the team a chance to shine. Yeah, the, the will-they-won't-they they thing with uh, with uh, Keely and... Um, what's his face? Uh, Roy. 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 Like, Roy kept. That's really... The, the fact that they also left that a little unresolved and kind yes. of in the air was interesting. Um, um, I did enjoy Roy... Kent's relationship with his niece. Yeah, that's been, <laughs> probably that one of the highlights fun. of the season. It's been fun. <laughs> Another thing they kind of left hanging was uh, the whole Coach Beard thing, 
Yeah. They were like implied that he's still somehow with that girl. Just the toxic relationship continues. And it's just, yeah, they didn't really do much with that beyond that episode they gave to him. And so, yeah, it's it's interesting what they chose to resolve and what they didn't choose to resolve, which is the sign of a really good finale. It's it's like, we know we have more stories to tell in this universe. We're going to wrap up some of these arcs, but we're going to make you wonder about what's going to happen to these characters. And you're right. It's become an ensemble show, and, and all these different storylines matter more than they've ever mattered before. Yeah. Uh, I did think that uh, one episode with the one haircut... Uh, <laughs> yes. Line uh, definitely paid so off. Good, so, so good. good. Uh, yeah, lots of good episodes. Uh, lots of good little jokes yeah. throughout, throughout, and lots of good weaving of storylines. And even the episodes that felt like fillery when they originally aired, which I'm not, of course, saying that they were. I don't believe that they were filler. Filler is a stupid term. Mm-hmm. But even those episodes ended up feeling like they mattered, in in, in some way by the end of it. So. It was a well-done season. I get why people struggled with it, especially in the middle of it. But ultimately, it landed really well for me. And by the end of it, it made sense why they did it the way they did. Yep, Ted Lasso's a show that's never going to give you up. <laughs> yes, that's true. Okay, that's it for spoiler talk. So you can we'll talk about Ted Lasso probably more at the end of the year. Oh, I'm sure we will. I will return. Um, but for now, let's move on into cancellations and renewals as we wrap up the television oh, section. What am I no longer watching? Well, you're still watching HBO Max's Doom Patrol as they've renewed that for a fourth season. They've also renewed Titans for a fourth season. So the DC stuff keeps on a rolling. Quick update. I did take a look at Titans. Okay. Uh, I got through three episodes, and I kind of enjoyed what they were doing. All right, all right. I just hate that it's an hour long. Yeah, zero commercial long. breaks. Too long. Too so long. I think it's too long. But I like what they're what they're what they did with that show. Fair enough. HBO Max is also bringing back Pennyworth for a third season. Uh, meanwhile, on FX, why the Last Man? Why? Because they said so. Because it's over. Canceled after one season. Uh, this is also based off the comic book, yeah. so this is also a collaboration of FX on Hulu, so it did not who work. knows if Hulu will pick this up straight. Did not work. Uh, Christy thought this was funny, because she's, she's been wanting to watch this and never got around to it, and now it's already, <laughs> already <laughs> over. <laughs> Family Reunion on Netflix is over after its third season, Netflix announced. And the CW has canceled Killer Camp after two, wait for it, episodes. <laughs> Uh, so it got pulled from the schedule after two episodes. Yeah. No word on when or if they will air the remaining episodes. Doesn't sound like it. But look forward to it on CW Seed. <laughs> Remember that? That's a thing. Awful. It's the worst name. It's the worst name of anything. I hate that name so bad. It's so gross to me. CW Seed. Anyways. Web exclusive. Yeah. BET bring back Sistas. Name of the show, I'm not trying to use vernacular for a fourth season. And lastly, Apple TV Plus has renewed Mythic Quest, a show that you've recommended before, for two more seasons. Yep, that is a third and a fourth season. So more video game developer uh, hijinks Although, to I'm come. not sure how they were going to keep calling it Mythic Quest when they kind of uh, ended Mythic Quest at well, the end of season two. I guess we'll find out. Maybe they'll <laughs> rename the whole thing. All right, let's move out of cancellations and renewals and into deaths. We have a couple to talk about at least. Uh, first up, Ron Tut, age 83, 
was a drummer, drummed for Elvis Presley, Neil Diamond, and Roy Orbison, among others. Yes, those Elvis, Neil, yeah, and Roy. A lot of big names there. Next up, we have Betty Lynn, aged 95, actress, uh, acted in the Andy Griffith show, Cheaper by the Dozen, Meet Me in Las Vegas. And that is the original Cheaper by the Dozen. Yes, not the, not the, not the... We also have Colin Powell, yes, that Colin Powell, age 84, general-slash-politician, former Secretary of State under George Bush from 2001 to 2005, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff back in 1989 to 1993. Uh, said some shit about the Iraq, Iraq War, you know, whatever. Next up, Christopher... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna dismiss Colin Powell. Not a fan. Uh, Christopher Ayers, age 56. That's young. You might know him as a voice actor um, in a lot of anime, um, localized anime, including Dragon Ball, One Piece, and Black Butler. He was the current voice of Frieza. Yes, or I guess now the former voice. Well, yes, now the former yes. voice. But uh, when they uh, brought back Frieza from Resurrection F and, of course, Dragon Ball Super, sure. he was the voice yes. of Frieza. But yeah, age 56, that's really young, yeah. so it, it's it's sad to see him. Uh, uh, somebody who I, I bet if you've watched a lot of anime and played a lot of video games, you've heard his voice yes, a lot. Yes. Next up, Leslie Brukus. Guessing that's how you pronounce that. Age 90, a composer. Worked on um, the score for Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, as well as a lyricist for Goldfinger and You Only Live Twice, those Bond themes, and won Oscars in 1968 and 1983. Yeah, uh, composer slash lyricist for Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Composed all those great songs you know and love. Yeah, he represents... Uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's all about the... Um, What's the one song chart? The, Who can make the sound yeah, around? The Candyman and, uh... Oofa, Oofa. Yeah, exactly. All those. <laughs> yes. Thank you. My brain is frozen, so thank you for... And cheer up, Charlie. Me. Yes. Everyone's favorite shirts, too. Yeah, gross. And moving on, Peter Scolari, age 66. This time broke today, right? Uh, yesterday? Yesterday. Uh, actor from New Heart, Frozen Buddies, and Girls, Emmy winner back in 2016. Tom Hanks, good pal. Yes, will be missed. Um, yeah, started in the show Bosom Buddies with Tom Hanks, yes. and then when Tom Hanks blew up, he kind of helped Peter um, up along, casting him in several of his films, including yeah. That Thing You Do and Polar yeah. Express. Yeah, will definitely be missed. He's also one of those, oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, definitely uh, that guy. I know that face. Alright, that's it for deaths, which means we can move on to the second half of the show to the music section. Go ahead with music. And we always start music with the billboard, and we start the billboard with the Hot 100. And the hottest thing is Baby <laughs> Industry Baby <laughs> by Lil Nas X yes. and Jack Harlow. Mark it, another number one hit single for Lil Nas X. This was, this was I believe, third, the third. Third off the album? Uh, second off the album, third overall. Third overall. I believe it was Old Town Road, and then this... Um, Montero. Montero was number one, and then yes. now this, now this. So congratulations, Lil Nas X. Keeps churning out the hits. Yep. No longer that one-hit wonder. No. God, no. 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 Uh, at number two, Stay by the Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber. At three... Applebee's by yeah, Walker Hayes. Applebee's song. <laughs> At four, Bad Habits by Ed Sheeran. And rounding up your top five, Way Too Sexy by Drake, featuring Future and Young Thug. Yeah, so same old, same old, except for Industry Baby moving up. Yep, moving up to the number one spot. As for your album chart, your Billboard 200, Certified Lover Boy, 
by Drake, your number one it's album. Back at number one after that brief Fearless Taylor's version uh, uh, rise. Album sales. Taylor rise. version now has dropped all the way back down. So. Yes. And number two, Life of a Don by Don Trollivier. Don Tolliver. 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 Yeah, I, when I saw this, I thought it was a typo because I'm like, did somebody put the name, put a T in front yes. of the name Oliver? Yeah, I thought it was like Olivier. But no, no, I guess he's Tolliver. I don't know. Okay. Uh, at three, sincerely, comma Kentrell by Young Boy, Never Broke Again. Never Broke Again. Uh, at four, Expensive Pain by Meat Mill. <laughs> and rounding up your top five, Sour by Olivia Rodriguez. Back in the top five. So, yeah. If you didn't like any of those albums, we have new releases albums you can listen to right now. Yeah, they came out yesterday. Yep. Including Sympathy for Life by Parquet Courts. Yeah. I listened to this yesterday. Just a real brief take on it. Um, they started out kind of as a punk, a post-punk kind of band. This one sounds like Talking Heads. So if you like the Talking Heads, specifically their first few albums, um, check out this Parquet Courts record. It's interesting. Okay. We also have My Morning Jacket by My Morning Jacket. Self-titled. Self-titled album, not their debut. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Funhouse by Hand Habits. The Lockdown Sessions by Elton John. That is a collaboration record with a bunch of other big artists. So, yeah. Yep. Because he's Elton John and he can do that. He can rope everybody in. (laughs) Uh, Shade by Grouper. Actually, you can't. <laughs> by Deer Hoof. Good, thank you, Deer Hoof. Uh, Blue Bannisters by Lana Del Rey. Actually came out this week. Yeah, actually came it's out. We'll talk thing. about it later. You will. Uh, Chanson's Deuni. <laughs> Tip Top. That was terrible French. Donne. <laughs> I don't speak French. Donne. 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 Denui. Denui. You know, like the word ennui. No. Alright, moving on. By Jarvis <laughs> Cocker. Yes. Future yes, that Jarvis Cocker. Yes. Future Past by Duran Duran. Yes, that Duran Duran. It's not them. It could be them. It is them. <laughs> by Guided, or by Guided, Guided by, by Voices. Voices. And lastly... <laughs> Um, with the existential dread that we all face. <laughs> Existence is Futile by Cradle of Filth. <laughs> Sorry. Cradle of Filth, the band name, is just, it's funny to me. I don't know why. <laughs> so messed up. Oh, it's so messed up. <laughs> uh, Alright. Let's get to some music news then, yes. shall we? So, last week we mentioned Adele's. Uh, was recently new single Easy on Me. Yes. Well, it may or may not have done the thing that we all thought it was going to do. Oh yeah, it's an Adele song. Of course, it's going to break a billion records. Yes. So Adele's Easy on Me has broken several records at radio, including becoming the most song played in the U.S. radio history during <laughs> a song's first week on the that's air. That's in. That's a wild record to beat. It's also the most added song in the history of MediaBase. No relation. No relation. <laughs> with 451 <laughs> total stations that report to the service immediately putting it on their playlists. Getting to that number requires airplay on multiple formats. Yes. Of course. And Adele got there by setting yet 
another record. Mm-hmm. Easy on Me became the first song to be added to be the most added at five different formats in a single <laughs> week, including Top 40, Adult Contemporary, Hot Adult Contemporary, Ooh. The Adult Album Alternative, Triple A, and R&B. Yeah, because why not? <laughs> so just basically, like 80% of the uh, stations you have on your dial were playing uh, Easy On Me last week. It's basically the answer to this. Yes. It's just, only Adele can do this these days. So the question then, why didn't we see this on Billboard? Because I think we're still a week out from that. We are still a week so, out. Yes, because of the way, we, also because we moved the show yes. a few days, we don't have the stats for Easy On Me yet. We will next week's show. Um, so yes, so, yeah, it is guaranteed to be your number one single next week. Expected up top. Yes. Um, also, this just goes to prove, that, uh, prove the old adage that Anytime a bre- uh, Adele sighs, it becomes a number one hit. Oh yeah, she could she could put out a, an album of her reading like a thesaurus, and it would go number one immediately. Yeah. Everyone so, loves Adele. Everyone loves Adele. Yep. So yeah, we'll have numbers next week, and then um, we'll look forward to that album next month. Yes. Um, maybe we'll have more singles come out before then. Yeah. But yeah, Adele. Coming for your Grammy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next year. She's not eligible for this year. Right. Next voting month. actually is uh, about to wrap up. So we... we Wait, because it's in August. Yeah. Voting's in August, August. Well, I mean, what I mean is we'll see a nominee shortly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's... I'm saying that's voting is wrapping up, not yes. beginning. Yeah. Eligibility. <laughs> yes. That's what I mean. For Eligibility ended a while ago. in August, yes. Yeah. But what I'm saying is voting is wrapping up. We will know nominees within the next month, I believe. So. Right, so Adele at the Grammys then performing. Yeah, she'll be there, she'll perform, but she will not be eligible for the new record until next year. Um, yep. so, which yeah. is why when she wins, we're like, wait, I thought this came out two years ago. Nope. Oh, it did. Well, technically. <laughs> technically. <laughs> so yeah, next week, next or next year. Yes. But anyways. Anyways, you went to a music concert. I, I did go to a music concert, yeah. Not to be confused with a concert that doesn't involve music. No. No, it doesn't. Because Coachella... I didn't go to Coachella, though. No, but the story, next story is about Coachella. Last week we talked real briefly about how Coachella was reversing their vaccine mandate. Well, now they've announced something that may still convince more people to go after all. Or may convince some people not to go after all. Yeah, well, depends. Yeah, it depends. Uh, so, the mystery about which artist would join Rage Against the Machine and Travis Scott has headliners for the 2022 Coachella Music Festival. Yes. All right, Art, music, and art festival. Sure, if you need to make it, have its legal name. Yes. Appears to have been solved. Yes. Now, that SHM. <laughs> Which is? Oh, Swedish House Mafia. Oh, that Swedish House Mafia. Yeah. From, like, the 2010s? I mean, yeah. And the festival have both posted into Instagram images or videos Breaking the news about the group being booked. I thought they broke up. Didn't they? <laughs> Didn't they? In an Instagram emoticon response to Coachella's more cryptic post, the Swedish House Mafia account signaled that, yes, yes. it's their three silhouettes seen walking into the sunset in a photo the festival posted. It didn't hurt as an immediate hint that Swedish House Mafia's <laughs> signature... 
a black circle logo was embedded in Coachella's best original caption. All right, well, where is Mark? What was his reaction when he found out? Oh, he's yet to... <laughs> I mean, he's probably booking plane tickets <laughs> yeah, to try to figure out how to drive out to the Coachella. They can drive. They can drive from, from Scottsdale. It won't be a problem. Uh, yeah, um, they were a huge deal. They had a lot of big hits in the EDM scene. No, they, they had one. Well, yes. You know what I mean. EDM lifers love Swedish house. No, no, that's the name, the name of the song was oh. one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Fair enough. Well played. Uh, there it is. There it is. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> we, didn't even, we didn't even try to make that a bit, and it became a bit. Um, I did make that a bit. Yeah. So, yeah, if you are if you were a fan and were sad about them uh, going away for a little bit, this was exciting news, and hopefully it means that maybe they'll tour off of this as well, uh, which, I mean, they have to. Right? So, yeah, so if you love the Swedish House Mafia, they're back! Uh, This also does mean, as we come towards the end of October, expect a full lineup to be in now. Yes. Shortly. Shortly. Um, As usually a December thing, if I remember correctly. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, Big festivals being big again, getting big names. Yep. 2022. It's happened. The COVID Revenge Tour. (laughs) Yes, read that as whichever way you want. Yes. Anyway. All right, anyways, let's uh, get into some albums that we listen yes. to. Yes. Um, I'll go first, because I <laughs> dropped this hint last week, and it wasn't confirmed until this morning that, yes, it did indeed drop last week, and I wasn't crazy. Okay. Uh, Zach Brown Band. Yeah, that's Zach Brown Band. That's Zach Brown Band, released an album last they week. Love ch- fried yeah, yes, they love their fried chicken. Yes, they love their chicken fried. Chicken, comma, fried. <laughs> yes, that band. Uh, did release a new album called The Comeback. Hey, is, is that their comeback? Which is weird because they, they never went away. away. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, in a sense, a comeback. Okay. In, in that it's a comeback to home. Oh. And every three albums, they put out a good country album. Sure. And checking the clock and checking the discography. It's time. This is that third album. Yeah, and what you mean is is that they had their pop dalliances that they experiment with for a couple records. And so yep. they're like, okay, let's make the roots, the the like the record that everybody wants us to make. Yep. Yeah, because I made the joke the last time yes. I mentioned Zach Brown that Zach stands for the Gen Z's Acoustic and Country. <laughs> well, this is straight up country. Okay. And so yeah, this is come back to the roots of Zach Brown Band. The, if you want to call that, the good Zach Brown Band sound. Depends on, depends yeah. On depends on I like that last album. Sure. But, um, Doctor loves this album. Okay. Um, and kind of excited to see them go on tour with this album. If they're going to do a full-on country concert, mm-hmm. we may find, track them down, yeah. and go. Yeah. Uh, grab some people who also like them and, like, hey, Concert. Time. It's the country one. Yeah. Let's go. Not the not the new sound that they're doing. <laughs> so yeah, if you like old school Zach Brown country band, that's what this album is. Cool. Um, it's a way to get their fans come back to them. Ah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So that's what two weeks in a row of you recommending a country ass country album. This is a country ass yeah. country album. That's cool. I'm glad. I'm glad the genre is. Uh, uh, heating up yep. in in the perfect title to country music, which is the fall. Yes, I th- I personally think. 
I know some people would probably it is argue. flannel weather. Yeah, some people would probably argue that maybe the um, the summertime, the summer like summer party festival season is also right. a good country season. But I feel like fall is a good country oh. season for me. You get the plaid, yeah, plaid yeah. boots. You get the plaid boots, plaid boots and pants. Yep. I, I mean, pants are optional depending <laughs> on where you are, but let's say pants. Yes. <laughs> anyway, cool. Well, the record I listen to, well, is uh, well. It's a little bit more complicated than a simple simple comeback record. So I saw this this morning that it was released. And so, I was like, oh, maybe I have time to listen to it. But then yes. stuff happened. So I listened to Lana Del Rey's Blue Bannisters. And I have good news and bad news about Blue Bannisters. The good news is it's better than Chem Trails Over the Country Club. Yay. That record we talked about earlier in the year, the first of the 2021 Lana records, was boring and overblown and way too long. It was unfortunate that it had to follow Norman fucking Rockwell, which was her big, huge, critically uh, acclaimed. critically acclaimed, big like breakthrough, you could argue, um, that it was universally loved. It just so happened that to follow that is really difficult, and so it disappointed a lot of As people. As Casey Musgraves is currently finding out. Yes, but to a way smaller degree. I think Starcross is still a great record. I hesitate to say great about Chem Channels over the Country Club. It was fine. Mm-hmm. It was disappointing and just felt like a slog to get through. So the good news is Blue Bannisters is better than that. Blue Bannisters is better paced. It has better individual songs, higher highs, but it's still not as good as... The bad news is it's still not as good as Norman fucking Rockwell. It doesn't reach the heights that it did, and... Even so though it's, it's an improvement, but not yes. all the way improvement. It's moments more or less boring than Chemtrails, but it has a lot of the same problems that Chemtrails did. It's also a little too long, and it also has one too many ballads that just feel very languid and don't have a lot of things to say. But the good songs here do, actually, because this is a rare moment for Lana to open up a little bit. The songs are a little less broad and talk about familial relationships, <laughs> which is something, is a topic. She rarely talks about in her music. So, if you want like a little bit of a different dimension to the Lana mythos, this does offer that. Important to note that the production changes a little here. Jack Antonoff is not involved in the production here for Blue Bannisters after working on the last two records. She has instead uh, worked with like five other producers, and it still manages to feel pretty cohesive. It doesn't feel like <laughs> a lot of hands were involved. It still feels like there was a, a core theme that they were working on, which is good. And I think works in the album's favor. But if you're expecting it to be the huge Lana record, the true follow-up to her biggest record, it's still not quite there. But I think Lana Del Rey fans will have a lot to like here. But anybody who's not convinced, this will not do it. This will not be the thing that pushes you, um, even if you like Norman so it's fine. It's fine. It's it's better. Like I said, better. It's the better of the two records you put out this year, but nothing to be too excited about. Oh, okay. So it's a it's a semi recommend. It's like if you want a Lana Del Rey record right now, this is definitely that. Will it have the hits? Ah, uh, I mean that's a hard question for Lana because she does not make hits anymore. Right. The uh, Sublime cover off of Norman fucking Rockwell was a fluke. Uh, <laughs> the fact that it was a huge hit on rock radio is still hilarious to me. There's nothing like that on this record. Okay. So don't expect it to appear on the radio anytime soon. Well, I got a 
dry, so I could probably put it on and take a quick <laughs> listen to it. Yeah, I think that if you if you're gonna go on a little long drive and you need something to accompany you on it, it may be good for that. Okay, but it's it's hard for me to give you a non asterisk recommend here. I think it's fine and better than the last one, but it's very mileage may vary is incredibly pertinent with Lana Del Rey. I mean, that's, she's very divisive. That's kind of goes hand in hand with Lana Del Rey, though. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Is like she is a very divisive person. You either love her or love to hate her, and I'm constantly oscillating between the two. And this <laughs> record is not making a good case for. Oh life. no! Okay. Yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at. So all right. it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. And that's all I listened to this week, besides when I mentioned about the Parquet Court Record. So. Okay. Oh, and the Phoebe Bridgers. Well, that was live. Oh, okay. Whatever. That's a record from a year ago. All right. <laughs> so, let's get into some... Uh, let's move right along, then, since there's nothing else mm-hmm. for music. And get into some video games. Let's! We start video games with new releases. Yes. Including Guardians of the Galaxy. The big release this week. Everything. It's a big release yes. this week. I am planning on um, getting this in the mail for yeah. this. Um, yeah, real quick note that we can put here. We're going to put a death to the death loop thing. Well, maybe. Yeah, I will eventually play it. I will have something to talk about when I do. It just it, that's been pushed back another week. Okay, but you've dropped it. I'm pretty much dropping off of Deathloop. So like, I've had like three or four separate chances to actually get back and playing it, mm-hmm. and every single time I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> I think that's my signal to like, yeah. if I have the actual time to play it, and I still don't want to play it, <laughs> that's a problem. That's the problem I'm running yeah. into. Fair enough. Like I said, I'll give it a try and, and and hopefully talk about it. If not next week, the week after that, once this chaos of chaotic October ends, yes. I will hopefully have more time. So. Yes. K-October. K-October. That's what, yep. that's what you call it. All right. We also have, coming out, Iron Harvest, colon, Complete Edition. Hey. Uh, for the PS5 and Xbox Series X. Cool. The upgrades. Yes. The upgrades. HD Complete Editions. Or, yes, it's 4K really HD, now. 4K now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> HD, what are you, 2010? Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's also NASCAR 21, colon, Ignition? Yeah, Ignition. Well, you can't sing Ignition anymore. No, that's the remix to Ignition. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no, yes, this is that's the subtitle to the NASCAR 21 game. Yes. Uh, Have you ever the, played one of these? Uh, I've played the NASCAR Heat versions. Oh, the arcade ones. Yes. You don't want the sim? No, not the same. <laughs> uh, this one's for the PS4, Xbox One, and PC. You should try it out. I'd be curious to see your take on a semi NASCAR game. Maybe. Hmm? Got a game Alright, we also have Neptunia X. Cross, probably. It's pro- no, it's Cross, Senran. Yeah. Senran Kagura. Yeah. Colon Ninja Wars for sure. PS4. Yeah. I guess that's a crossover of the Neptunia series and the Senran, Senran Kagura series. Yes. That's how you get the Ninja Wars part. There you get that. Uh, you can also get Super Robot Wars 30. Yes. For the PC. This is an important, believe it or not, this is an important release this week, and I'll tell you why. The Super Robot Wars has been, as the name implies, series, has been going on for 30 years in Japan. It's never been localized before now. Until now. Yes. It is a crossover series. Just like the crossover we just talked about, with a bunch of robot slash mecha anime series, okay. which is why it hasn't been localized because licensing yes. is a nightmare. Yes. Because in Japan, a lot of these are owned by the same companies. 
here, different companies own the streaming and distribution rights for all these different right. uh, mecha animes. So you can't have the Robotech robots with the Gundams in the same game because it would be a licensing nightmare to clear. So it's a big deal for people who have always wanted to play these games localized in English that this is finally coming out. They did the work. Finally a way you can play with all your robots in one, one game. Oh, we'll talk about a way to play with all your toys in one box later. Yeah, we will. Uh, we also have Age of Empires 4 for the PC. Yes, also available on PC Game Pass. Yep. Uh, Fatal Frame, colon, Maiden of Black Water Ooh. for everything. Also your yes, big, big release. Spooky October game if you want to take pictures of some ghosts. Yep. Uh, Raiders Republic for... Raiders Republic. Raiders, Raiders. Not to be related to the Raiders Republic, which is, you know, John Gruden's gone through that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Riders Republic for the PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, yes. and PC. Sorry, Switch for owners. Switch. For Switch. Yep. And lastly, Voice of Cards, colon, the Isle Dragon Rollers. This is that Yoko Taro card game yes. that we talked about the Nintendo Direct. For the PS4, Switch, and PC. Yep. So something for everybody this week. A little bit of something for everybody. All right. There's so much gaming news yes. to talk about. Let's go through it rapid, lightning round style. That would just be some time. In it's Game Bits. The Bits. The Bits. The Bits. Overwatch character McCree being renamed Cole Cassidy after yes. namesake's involvement in Harassment Pro yes. McCree. Uh, he was named after Jesse McCree, which was a uh, uh, one of the lead developers that has recently been ousted from the studio. Yes. Uh, and so, yeah, it made sense to rename him. They put up a weird-ass in-universe sort of social media post that established his name change, and, yeah, it's fine. It's they whatever. call him Mac Creedy? No one calls him Mac. No. <laughs> I'd say it's the easy way to say, oh, we're just like, put your name here to McCree. But no. This it makes more sense just to be like, all right, start new. He's a new guy. Yep, Cole Cassidy. Yep. No relation. Or just Cassidy, I believe, is, yes. is what he's being called in the game. So, yeah. There you go. Uh, speaking speaking of, of, Activision Blizzard claims they fired 20 employees following a harassment probe. I should say at least 20. At least we're not 20. sure about, but this is at least, I'll act, this is basically Activision Blizzard saying, hey, look, we're doing something. We did the thing. Yeah. Here's doing, 20 employees. We look, get name. Look at this. Um, so, yeah, it's something. It's another one of the, you know, it's something.jpg. Um, going into an actual video game company, though. Yes. PlayStation, their state of play, focusing yes. solely on third-party games, will take place uh, next Wednesday, October yes. 27th. So it means next week's show, we'll have all the news that comes out of the state of play, as long as it's newsworthy. Who knows what this is going to be? Yep. This is also third-party games. Right. expect nothing from the PlayStation Studio. We already games. got that done. They're done with that. So this allows, hey, new... Um, Announcements regarding third-party releases for the end of the year. So this is going to be your December. Your holiday This list. is going to be your holiday slate. Yep. This is uh, why you should buy the PS5 if you don't already have it for the holiday it's, season. If, if, if you can. If you can. If you somehow, not just afford it, but find a way to put <laughs> it in your one, cart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also have Advance Wars 1 and 2. Yes. Reboot Camp. Oh, well, that one's been delayed till 2022. Yeah, this was supposed to be one of the big Nintendo releases for Q4 of this yep. year. Will not make it. Uh, they said, in a rare Nintendo delay announcement, it said that there needs to be some fine-tuning done before the game is ready for release. So, it's 
Sorry, switch yeah. owners that were looking forward to the Advance Wars reboots. Sorry. And, depending on, one, how old you are, and two, <laughs> how interested you are, there's a new GTA trilogy now, we edition. we talked about the trilogy, I believe. We talked about it on the show? Yeah, it's, we mentioned It's it. a re-release, remaster of the original three games. But they're doing it interesting. They're doing an interesting thing with it this time, when, upon its release. Yep, they're doing uh, editions of GTA San Andreas and GTA Three are coming to Game Pass and PS Now, respectively. Yes, they're splitting so it. When GTA Trilogy launches on November 11th of this year, San Andreas will be on Game Pass exclusively. Just San Andreas. Mm-hmm. No, if you buy a Trilogy, you get all three games. Yes. But if you have Game Pass, you will get uh, access to, uh, as part of your subscription, San Andreas. Just San Andreas. If you have PS Now, you'll get access to the Trilogy version of just GTA 3. Right. Or you can buy the Trilogy Edition, get which all gets you GTA 3, San Andreas, and, was it, Miami? Vice City. Vice City. So yeah, that's what I'm saying, Miami Vice. So, I know that's not right. So this is an interesting way of doing it. It means that people who do not want to pony up all sixty dollars for the one that or, has everything, or a thirty-year-old, twenty-year-old game, have options with the subscription services they may already be subscribed to. And no, this does not mean that. Uh, I saw the joke on Twitter this morning was this does not mean that Switch is going to get um, Vice City exclusively. No need. No. No. I bet you'll probably actually see that on the Epic Games Store. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. That's probably not going to happen either. But still, an interesting uh, distribution method for these remasters. <laughs> so, yeah. Or, you know, you could not give in to um, the GTA lore and <laughs> wait for them to actually make GTA 6. Well, you keep waiting is what I have to say to that. Oh, yeah, because if we stop giving them money, they have to do it, right? Eh, no, turns out, no. Turns out, no, because someone will always give someone them money. Someone will always give the money for the shark card on GTA Online. Yep. So. All right. Speaking of stuff that's online, the new Xbox Series X update will include 4K dashboard. Yay! And a night mode. So yeah, if you want to have a dark mode on your Xbox Series X, it's too bright for you. Yep. That will be an option. Also, I thought the dashboard was already in 4K, so this was a surprise to me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, I thought that's probably like the output that yeah. just everything's in 4K. I just assumed that it was. Which makes me wonder if the PS5 dashboard outputs in 4K. It might not. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. I just assumed it did. Yeah. So I, thought, I have no idea. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe. Maybe. Um, Xbox also announced that there will be two terabytes and half a terabyte version yeah. of the uh, storage expansion cards. Yes, uh, so far we've had the one terabyte expansion card that launched alongside the SNX. Yep. This will add two more options for you. I believe the price tag for the two terabyte is about 330 and the 512 is about 140 Could you just get a new Xbox by that point? That is the argument a lot of people make, but the thing is, it's a convenience thing. Right. Uh, they literally just plug into the back of either of the, uh, either, either of the systems, and it automatically combines it into one storage space so it's not like you're dragging you're moving things from the two things it basically treats it as just a much bigger drive much much easier you could argue than putting an ssd a second ssd or yeah a second ssd in your ps5 it's a lot easier and so that's why 
the price tag, I think that's the argument for why the price tag is high, is because it's the convenience. It's well, is paying... it also proprietary where yes. you can't use anything but that? It's the only option. Seagate makes them exclusively for Xbox. Yep. It is what it is. But honestly, putting two more terabytes triples your size. And so it's a good deal for those power users that just never want to delete anything. Oh, why don't you want to delete it? Or people who play Call of Duty. <laughs> that's probably what it is. <laughs> or Rock Band. Yes. And by the way, I know I joked about it. Half a terabyte is still 512 gigabytes. That's 12 gigs, yes. So that still gives you two, three Call of Duty games. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, a couple of more Sony bits news. Yes. Uncharted. Not that, well, one. Yeah. The game. Is, it was announced um, as a package deal, Legacy Collection. But also, the movie. Yes. Uncharted, starring Tom Holland. Yes. And Mark, Marky Mark Wahlberg. Got his first trailer this week. Yeah. Did you watch this? I did. Hi, what did you think about the trailer? Hey, that's from the third game. Yeah, hey, it's like, hey. That's from the first hey, game. Uncharted. Hey, it looks like Uncharted. So at least they're doing... Seems like they're doing pretty good work about like referencing the things that people remember about those games. Yeah. Also, it seems like they're going to be doing uh, a play on the first game, which is about the Nathan Drake treasure, or not the yeah, Nathan Drake's, Drake. Drake's fortune. Yeah, Drake's fortune. Which is the subtitle of the first game. Yeah. Well, yeah. not Nathan Drake's treasure. No, it's, it's Uncharted colon Drake's fortune. Yeah. But they're, they're trying to find Captain Drake's fortune. Right. Yes. It's, yeah. uh, yeah. You know what? I'll, I'll see this. I'll go and see this. I I, I know a lot of it. a lot of Air, which I like. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, now I just want to cross over between them. They go on a, <laughs> a cro- uh, treasure hunting adventure between yeah, the two. Yeah, that game will never happen. <laughs> like, maybe they'll make a movie of it. Yeah. So it's just a teaser yeah. of just akimbo weapons being drawn. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? Um, also, in quick news, God of War 2018 confirmed. For the PC. Yes. In January of 2022. It already had been rumored. We knew that Sony had been hiring a bunch of studios to help with PC ports. Uh, it all fell into place and made sense that they were finally going to announce yep. this. This means come Valentine's Day 2022. Yes. You can, you, um. can, uh, you can mod out God of War as Goku being Kratos <laughs> and Baby Grogu as the child. You could do that. <laughs> I don't know why you'd want to. Um... <laughs> Uh, the important thing to note here is that it'll have an un, uh, uncapped frame rate on PC, yep. and it will run in 4K. So if this is if you ever want to see God of War looking the best it ever can, PC version is where it's at. Yep. And as I said, mods, all the mods coming. Yes. Coming soon, including probably make, most likely a Keyblade mod. Make because boy, why not? <laughs> yeah, make boy, boy wield whatever you want boy to wield. Make boy uh, My Little Pony. Yeah, why not? If you want. (laughs) Boy. Boy. Uh, We also have uh, Xbox Series X Mini Fridge. Hey, remember that? Yeah, the pre-orders went up. And then? And then they went out. So, yeah, it looks like that even a mini fridge that looks like an Xbox is is no stranger to scalpers as they uh, immediately picked up all the available units. But the good news is, is that... On behalf of Microsoft, the company that makes these mini fridges made a statement saying, "Don't worry, we're making more." Of course so, they did, because yeah. they just made a bunch of money off it. So yeah, if you really, really, absolutely want a mini fridge that looks like an Xbox, 
In order to confuse which one you're putting your drink on. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, he's like, why isn't this opening? I can't get my soda. Um, yeah, it's, it's stupid, but I guess people want it. Uh, Xbox also announced a 20th anniversary stream. Yes. Uh, coming next month, November 11th. No, 15th. 15th, November 15th. No games were announced, but... Yeah, no games being announced It does make show. me feel old that it's their 20th, <laughs> 20th anniversary, anniversary stream. So, it's not really clear what they're going to do here. If there's no game announcements, then that means that it's probably just going to be like a retrospective and celebration about the Xbox. Maybe have some developers talk about it. Maybe... Um, you know, a little bit of like you just get budget to say this is what we did first, yeah, and then we were able to do this with the next console, so and yeah. then we were able to do this with the jet current gen. I might check this out. It, it seems like a cool way of celebrating twenty years of Xbox as a brand. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, speaking of big brands, Steam announced plans for a rating system to determine what will work on. Steam Deck! Yeah, so it looks like a series of symbols will be affixed to games. Well, one, Steam is literally, uh, Valve has said they're going to go through every game on Steam to make this happen, which is a big undertaking. Yes. And two, they're going to affix symbols um, to each of the listings that will describe how it will run on a Steam Deck, whether absolutely approved, you're good to go, hey, maybe we're working out some kinks, or who hell knows? Question mark, question mark, yeah. at your own risk. Yeah, at your own risk. So yeah, um... It'll be a good kind of easy uh, guide to people who buy a Steam Deck uh, and will want to know if they can play their favorite game on it. Yep. Or, you know, don't don't buy a Steam Deck. Or, you know, save money. I don't know. It's up to you. Uh, it seems like a real cool piece of tech if you are in the market for it. Uh, but you can't get one right now because I think they sold out. So, <laughs> eventually, you'll be able to buy it. Eventually. Also, eventually... You'll be able to play Elden Ring, and yeah. that's been delayed to February. Yeah, that's just a one-month delay. It was originally slated for January, so all those Souls heads out there, just hold on for one more month. Yeah. You'll be fine. Or you can sing it, hold on for one more month. <laughs> exactly. And lastly, on depending on what side you're on, a bit of good news. Yeah. As the Switch's 33-month reign of as the best-selling U.S. console... Officially comes to an end. Yes. And, move out of the way, in comes the PS5! Yeah, this is... So, I feel like there's a weird... <laughs> this is a weird story for some people, because people are like, wait a minute, you can't even go to a store and buy it, and yet it's sold better than the Switch this month? Well, the thing is, is that if it sells out immediately when it's... That means it's, it's still not, selling. It's still selling. They literally cannot make them fast enough for the demand is what's being what's basically the case. Here. Yep. And so, uh, yeah, it's it's it, not super so surprising. To be fair, it would have beaten it earlier. Yeah, if they had if ways. If they have the way to do it. But the manufacturing just takes so long on these things that the pipeline just isn't full of them. So yeah, uh, congratulations to Sony. PS5 seems to be selling really well for something that nobody can buy. Especially during a <laughs> pandemic when everyone was trying to buy it. Yeah, yeah. so so yeah. Um, that being said, this does not account for the recently released Switch OLED model, which mm-hmm. may kick it into high gear again. And it may add to Switch add to and not, next not consider itself a separate Yeah, so um, don't be surprised if Switch comes back next month with the number one spot. Okay. That's, That's all it. the bits. That's all the bits. That's all the bits. 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 All the b
Did um, you play? You got some thoughts. Yeah, I just want to real quick wrap up Metroid Dread after last week. I went back, got that last item, yeah, beat the final boss again, so that way I got the 100% rewards, yes. which is just a bunch of pictures in the gallery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I unlock hard mode when I beat it the first time. So am I going to go back and play hard mode? I don't know. I really like that game, and um, it's like... It was a lot of fun, but when I got to the end of the roller coaster, I felt like, do I need to don't go immediately back into this? No. Especially after getting 100% of everything. I'm like, if I've seen everything, the only thing remaining for me is the challenge. And it was already pretty hard. Okay. So I'm at that, like, that, at that, 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 uh, that zone right now where I'm not, I like it, but I don't know if I like it so much that I want to make it harder. <laughs> I maybe want to keep it as the memory of that game that, as it was in its normal difficulty mode, seeing everything that it had to a- offer. So I might, I might be done with Metroid Dread for a while. You also don't want to do the thing that I did with Horizon <laughs> yeah. New Game Plus, which yeah. is you start playing it and then you kind of play other games, and when you try to go back to it, <laughs> it's like, like what? Oh God, what was how hard was this? <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, it says all. I think, I think the fact that I one hundred percent me, not you, one hundred percent at this game, goes to show you how good how this good game is. is. Yeah. So, yes, as I said last week, it's a no brainer if you have a Switch. Please try out Metroid Dread. It is my favorite game of the year, hands down, bar none. It's just one of the best gaming experiences I've had in a very, very long time. So, while you were able to 100% yes. a game that came out last month... You played a game that also has Samus in it. I also played a game <laughs> that has Samus in it and yeah. was able to 100% the roster. Woo! After three long years. But I really yeah. played for like a week or two. Right, yeah. You didn't actually play throughout those three <laughs> no. years. Tell, so, so, yes, you said on this podcast, after the Sora for Kingdom Hearts announcement, that you were going to get into Kingdom Hearts... Or Kingdom, Kingdom Hearts. Oh my god. For Super Smash Brothers, Sora for Super Smash Brothers. Yes, Jesus Christ! You said you were going to get into Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Yep. And now that it's finally here, the roster is filled out. All eighty-two characters have finally been revealed. <laughs> I could talk all about it now. All right. What's your experience right. with Smash Ultimate then? Uh, so I've been playing the um, basic story modes for everybody mm-hmm. um, because that's how yeah. you unlock everyone. Yeah. It's fun. Um, if you start with the, the original um, eight characters, and then each time you finish a storyline or finish all the battles, you unlock a new one. And it's fun to see the progression through mm-hmm. it. And as we said on here, it definitely feels like an ultimate game, like a completion game. I don't see how they can add more to this mm-hmm. or like improve upon it, because it is kind of like a finality. It is everything that Super Smash Brothers has been and kind of everything that it will be. Um, with the announcement of Sora, I did see why people were saying, oh no, another sword character. Because yeah, as I was playing through it, I was like, oh, another sword character. Oh, yeah. another sword character. And then it was like, by the time I got to Sora, I was like, oh yeah, another sword character. Fire Emblem as a franchise represents so many Super Smash Brothers uh, characters, and they're all sword yep. characters. Uh, as well as Xenoblade and Link. Link. Like, there's, like, three different links in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, uh, I, I get the segment of, oh, no, another sword character. But it's it does feel different, though, because he's not solely limited to the sword. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because there's magic and flight and sword attacks. <laughs> sure, yeah, sword stuff. Sword stuff. Sword play. 
Um, yeah. I feel like if had Sora not had they not been able to get Sora, mm-hmm. that Sephiroth would have been the original end character. Sephiroth is in the game already. No, he was DLC. Oh, that's what I mean. Sorry. Yeah, I feel like Sephiroth would have been the end character and uh-huh. not Kazuma, because during Sephiroth's run, it was nothing but the final boss, like what you would think of the final bosses during the normal run. It's nothing but a boss run battle. Yeah. Through everyone. And I was like, that's how you should end the game. Everyone, <laughs> you just do a boss run of the final character. Yeah. So I feel like, plus combined with the um, movie that they did for it, it definitely felt like a final character. However, you also don't want to do back-to-back Final Fantasy worlds. <laughs> yeah. Kingdom Hearts is askew to Final Fantasy adjacent. Uh, and... Side note, um, Nims from ARMS is definitely the one standout. If it's the Min, oddball... Min-Min? Yeah, Min-Min. Min. Yeah. Um, definitely the standout in being the odd one <laughs> sure. shoot in here. I mean, there's a lot of odd characters in, in this roster, but she's definitely... I mean, yeah, you try and point to Banjo-Kazooie. <laughs> yeah. But then you're like, oh, that's just Duck Hunt, though. Which is also... Yeah, a duck, uh, it's pretty different. It different. That is the one DLC character I actually bought was Banjo-Kazooie. Banjo-Kazooie. Because I have nostalgia for that series. Right. And yeah, I like how Banjo plays. Yeah. Um, how do you, I, I, I'm not somebody, somebody who didn't necessarily have a lot of time with Super Smash Brothers as a franchise before this. How do you like it like compared to like other fighting games, other party games? There's something for everyone. Yeah. I think that's the one thing I do like about Super Smash Bros. It's a big Ultra. variety grab bag. It's a variety grab bag. If, if you don't like one character or if you lose with one character, yeah. there's literally 80 other ones you can choose from. Also, a lot of the fighting styles kind of move over from one to another. Yeah. You like this sword character? Here's another sword character. You yeah. like this brawler? Here's <laughs> another brawler. You like Kirby? Here's Jigglypuff. Again, different. Different, different yes. Yeah. <laughs> but like... That's the thing with fighting games is that there's only so many button combinations. So you get a lot of the... They do different moves, but it's the same button press. Yeah. It's really funny because having played Super Smash Bros. like 20 years now, I'm like, this is very funny for somebody to, to explaining Super Smash Bros. to me. But yeah. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, that's the, that's the thing about Smash Brothers as opposed to a lot of fighting games. Is that because of the unifying control scheme, you know what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. Even with characters that sometimes play around with those things. Like you'll have like characters like Cloud, which have like a little limit break system built in. Right. You'll have like some of the like Xenoblade characters have those weird like meters you have to watch. And they'll right, mess yeah, around the, the weird with it. brown characters as well. Yeah, and then like um and the like, some of the uh, characters forever from fighting games, right. um, like the Street Fighter characters, have like a super meter and stuff like that. Yeah. It's interesting uh, what they try to do on the edges of it, but for the most part, the the like the, the, root. the unifying um, control scheme is there so that way the people can pick it up and play. The, uni- the unifying cornerstone is your basic moves of mm-hmm. down B uh, attack. Yeah. Uh, and you're safe. Uh, specials on specials, B, regulars on, on A. Yep. Yeah. That's the unifying factor for every character. So yeah. even if you're throwing into a random party, you can still figure out real quickly what works well for your character. Yeah. I still hate that you can easily die by falling off a stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a, that is a problem. Yeah, because I've done <laughs> that lots of times, but again, 
that is kind of part of the element of Super Smash Bros. Is yeah. that there's an edge. It's a platformer. It's a platform fighting game, and platform matters just as much as fighting in that yes. sentence. Is that's why the genre is called that. Yep. Um, so are you ready to uh, uh, jump right off of this and uh, play some Nickelodeon All Stars Brawl after this? No, I'm ready to get into some spirit <laughs> battles for this. Ah, so you're gonna go through that whole. Possibly. Yeah, that thing. I, I don't know. I got, ran into a lot of hard walls in that mode. I, it's the spirit thing. I, I'm, I'm running in... Well, it was way hard. It was so hard. I'm just now realizing that it's a level up system. It is and it isn't. Yeah. It is kind of, but it doesn't actually change. Your skill is still the, the yes. pertinent thing. Because you're only like occasionally getting like spirits that help you with your stats. It's so much based on skill that if you're just bad at Super Smash Brothers. You're going to run into a lot of hard walls, and that's oh, yeah. what happened to me. That's a lot of walls. Yeah. And especially because um, that's also a way you can unlock characters. Yep. So if that was the way you are doing it, which is what I was doing, I had a lot of trouble with it. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Smash Brothers Ultimate, the, the final roster fill-out. Yeah. Um, it's done. It's done. Licensing, be darned. <laughs> For any future, yeah, jeez, I don't know how they pull it off. Yeah, there's so many different things, things like the like the fact that somebody put a screenshot on Twitter that was like Sora, Solid Snake, Sephiroth, Cloud, um, like Battle of all of them, Banjo, and, it, yeah. and it was like no, not even Banjo. It was like specifically people from like PlayStation associated yes. franchises. Like, wow, I can't believe they brought back uh, oh, PlayStation oh, All Stars Battle Royale. Play. <laughs> it's like, oh. I can play all these PlayStation characters. You can pretend, on yeah, a you Switch. Can pretend you're playing a next gen sing, so, uh, s- a sequel to uh, PlayStation All Stars if you really want to. <laughs> in the in this Nintendo game, you can do that. Yeah, it's pretty good. So yeah, Sora's got a lot of different costumes um, yeah. from a lot of different forms as well. Uh, he's fun to play with, especially being a fan of the character. I mean, he's a fan of a lot of character yeah. people. A lot of people are a fan of his. Yeah. I mean, he might be a fan of a lot of people. Who knows? Yes. I mean, he has to be because he's connected to our hearts. Aww, that's so cute. How's the stage? How's the stage? Uh, fun. Yeah. I, I like the randomness of the different um, Diamond of the Heart stage. Yeah. yeah. And the, different music's good? Oh, yeah. Music's like classic uh, yeah. Kingdom Hearts. Yep, it's music. the only one I play with now. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Screw all the other musics. I believe <laughs> one of the cool things about the, about uh, Ultimate is that you can go in and actually change, change which box. song yep. plays at the stage, so you can have the one song you want yep. play all the time, which, of course, everybody knows is simple and clean. <laughs> it's the only one you want. <laughs> Except it has to be the jazz version. Oh, is it? Is the original not on there? Yeah, the Tiger Card not on there. Yeah. What? They, did the, they didn't do the one thing? Okay. Well, now I'm disappointed. I thought that song was for sure going to be in it. But the, uh, yeah, uh, but the battle music's in there. Okay. Well, there's that. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it. I'm glad you're having fun with Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Yes. It does suck that you need to pay $60 on top of the already $60 to get to everybody. everybody. That does suck. But good thing that you didn't have to pay the $60 to buy it. Yes. Good thing. <laughs> good thing. Yeah. Cut that. Price half. <laughs> yeah, that price well, we'll have to play some when we have a chance. I haven't played it in a long time, but we'll have to jump into some music uh, later on that. I'd love to play it next Sunday, but I'm not <laughs> sure how other people would feel about yeah. it. Yeah, well, maybe if we have enough people. You know, I'm just going to set up a second TV for it. <laughs> like since, since I don't need a, yeah. a connection for it's it. Like smash in the garage. Yeah. We'll, like, pretend it's 
It's 